I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by Miel Buddy, Miel Pal. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? Well, that was very reserved compared to normal, but thanks for having me again. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's always obviously, you know, a pleasure and uh, an absolute honour to be here with you and uh, talking Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, th- thanks to all the fans at home for listening. Well, your face is on the logo, man. I mean, you know, you're kind of a staple now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a bit too late now. I know. To... You, haven't, you haven't thrown me off for a while, have you, to be honest? So. No. No. You've got... Do you know why, though? Because you've kind of gone prime time yourself, you know? I mean, like, we always get to the most prime time guests. You did a little uh, appearance lately. Do you want to tell the people? Well, yeah. I was invited on TalkSport to talk about how we were going to beat the Atlanta Falcons, and it, and it didn't really happen. So no. uh, probably won't get invited back. To be honest, I don't know. You, you said all the right things. You gave them the strategy. It's just uh, Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, who were obviously regular listeners to Talksport, decided not to listen. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. on them. It's yeah. not on you. Yeah. It's yeah not on fair you. enough. To be fair, you did say to me, you know, we couldn't get anybody better. And I took that as a compliment. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you read it. Uh, it depends on how you read yeah. it. Well, yeah, uh, I'm a positive guy. Hey, you might be having to get a replacement now. Uh, Mid podcast, in fact. Oh, yeah. See, I was going to ask about this. I need a little update. So we've had Favre Watch in previous years, but have. now we have Baby 2 Watch. Baby uh, 2, yeah. It's not got the same ring. No. Yeah, Baby 2 Watch. Panda Watch. How's things going? It's rough, uh, Rhino. Well, basically, so everyone knows. Well, I don't know if everyone, everyone knows. Um, everyone knows. Listens to the podcast. Very presumptive. I know, yeah. right? Everyone in the whole world knows. Every room I walk into, they know my name already. No, um, I'd love that. Imagine that. Imagine you walked into a room, and people were like, "Oh, that's right." That'd be oh, terrible. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool. Anyway, <laughs> Panda Watch. So we, I went over to Green Bay. Uh, it was meant to be two weeks after we came back. That was the due date. So that is now Friday. And uh, we went up for a prego appointment today. And the consultant said, "Yeah, you're measuring forty weeks, and so it's time that we get a move on with it." And they, she did, took out the cauldron, did some hocus pocus, and my missus could literally be in the next room, um, legs up in stirrups, going at it because it just <laughs> we're that close, we're that close. So I can't believe you put that image out there on air whilst your missus is about to go through this. Yeah, very graceful. And my, mm-hmm. when my kids listen back to it, but that, so here the update is, and this is this is not any sort of showbiz hype. My baby could be born tonight. So this podcast, and I, I've already sort of, we had our pre-prod meeting, and this this was the stakes, kind of like Green Bay uh, last night, is that this is a one-time only. This There's no editing going into this podcast. Usually the editing lasts at least, you know, as long as the, well, twice as long as the podcast. So if the editing, if the podcast is an hour, it takes me two hours plus to edit it and, you know, fix it up and make it sound nice. And none of that's happening tonight. And I don't know if anyone's got... You know what you know what it hurt more, Ryan, if no one noticed? <laughs> if they just went, uh, sounds the same. Sounds exactly the same. Yeah, all those hours. Uh, so I've put myself... I usually, okay. you know, we curse like sailors, right? But, uh, well, we don't really. But I'm keeping that to the, on the down low. One take, well, and that's all we well, have. We, we better get going, because yeah. who knows when you're going to get the call. And I'm guessing when you get the call, you probably have to leave. Oh, there'll be a Stephen-shaped uh, hole in the door. Yeah, there'll be no. I'll get a taxi. I'll see you there in ten. No? Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm guessing you're driving. She's not driving herself. No, uh, no, I'm definitely driving, and she's going to be in the back, and we're going to do the Hollywood stuff, and we're going to be counting the contracts. You know, 
you know, interesting story uh, I found out from my from my mother. Um, more the other end of the pregnancy. Uh, when she was born, my grandfather brought her and my nan or my grandmother back mm. in a sidecar of a motorcycle and sidecar. You are joking. The, the same day my mother was born. And did she have little a, baby goggles and like a little I, baby pilot? No idea, hat? but I just I just can't imagine that would be the chosen method of transport for anybody no. these days. <laughs> so, alone. Yeah. A brand yeah, new a motorcycle, and, a motorcycle and sidecar. I don't even know that I've seen one of them on the roads for quite some time, but... Oh God, that is hilarious. That's, well, she, that's she the <laughs> Just shove her on down there. Just put her in your jacket. Oh, yeah. That's an image. You, you're very, so, yeah, nearly I'm, not here. I mean, that, what, that what could do you, bad. What, what do you have for bringing the, the baby home in? Is it a sled or are you just on the back of the tractor or? It's, yeah, uh, we put them in a sack of spuds and we, yeah, um, yeah we get in the rainbow car uh, and the yeah. pot of gold and we have a little leprechaun. Do you know, the racism is unbelievable. I, right, that's to it. Be fair, I... that came mainly from you. Did it? I'll, I'll be honest, yeah. I just mentioned a tractor and, and off you went. But I think at this point we should talk packers because we probably really haven't got long left. Yeah, no, we've about uh, five minutes and counting. But so we lost. Uh, and that's it. So that's join it. us next so week for. next week. <laughs> yeah, right. It was bad, wasn't it? So we stayed it up last was night. It, it was. was it, bad? it was, right. right. It was then. terrible. Because we stayed up last night, which was worse. We got trounced. We And we did the typical Seahawks style play where we get walloped. And then we decide, eh, we might play now. And then we play in the second half. We give people the illusion that we might stage a comeback. You know, we get 17 penalties in a row and end up in the parking lot to try, you know, it's like, was it second and goal from the parking lot? And we try, you know, we give that sort of false sense of security that we can pull something back. But it all went really, really wrong last night. And it hit it home again today when I watched the condensed version of the game. Because let's face it, we were googly-eyed last night. And the Falcons I sort of I looked at it looked away to cough and looked back and they'd scored like they marched down the field so quickly cut through the defence like it wasn't there um, and I know you tweeted out your notes before we come on the pod I mean what's your take on this game because there is a lot of naysayers out there right saying fire Dom Capers the defence is crap the injuries are going to scuttle our season that's it we're done we're not going to make the playoffs I mean where do you draw the line here well, yeah, so last week we were power ranking number one, according to the same fans that this week said we must fire everybody and that's, uh, you know, if we're going to play like that, then the season's over. Mm. Um, so, guys, try and just, just bring it back. Try and break the game down. We came into the game with a lot of key injuries and people that were doubtful and questionable and all the rest. And then obviously the game kicked off and we ended up with a bunch more injuries. So we were always up against it last night. And again, let's remember, we're playing, if last week we were playing one of the best teams in the NFL, this week we may have played probably in the top two teams. These and the Patriots are probably still the strongest teams in the NFL. Mm. Would you agree with that? I don't know. I, like, what, what strikes me about the Falcons is I don't think their defense is all it's made out to be. Doesn't um, need to be. Yeah, but I and again, I don't even think their offense is that great. This is a team that last, and you might go what, but this is a team that last week nearly got bet by the Bears. I mean, there were you know there were a few plays off yeah. uh, about being bet because the, the problem is is that Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and they just ran riot last night on us, and I don't think they should have been allowed to run riot because well, this this was it, and and that when you see them doing that, that's the point. This is probably the most disappointing part for me is that we hadn't learned what beat us before and, and it seemed like we just did the same thing and got beaten in the same way mm. and that was probably the most disappointing bit but look we did we did come into that game with a lot of negatives against us we, we started on the back foot 
before we even stepped on the field and had the opening kickoff, we were on the back foot. Mm. And we were always going to struggle in certain areas. But I thought those areas would probably have been the O-line. And yet I actually thought, with the exception of sort of one or two plays, the two guys that came in for their first start didn't do awfully. Mm. Um, I know that doesn't really sound like a compliment, but I think a lot of people expected them to really be shown up. I think they did okay. But look at the players we're missing on the O-line. You know, then when you start losing receivers um, like Jordy Nelson um, and later on with Cobb getting hurt, you know, there was a lot against us. The, like, like, like you were saying there, though, the fact that it was Jones again and it was Sanu again and it was being beaten in the same way in the secondary again, that was probably the most disappointing part. Yeah, it's a bad indictment of a team when you have an excuse of injuries, you know, groin injuries, ankle injuries, all the rest last year with Randall and Rollins now they're healthy like from listening to Wes and Mike on the Mothership's podcast uh, on Packers.com they were talking about this is not a revenge game you know this this game is completely different the complexion is different because the players are healthy now and that was one of the main themes that were running through their podcast and mm. uh, you know I, was, and I would have agreed with them yeah, yeah. I, I agreed with them as well I was like you know lads you're dead right and I was gonna write an article um about you know why this is not the same game at all and then I realized that I had a kid so I couldn't do it so uh, the o-line for me as you said that that's where I saw the issues coming in and this is why it frustrates me so Brian Balaga, I thought he was going to be back. Uh, he's carrying that ankle knock. And then he ended up going home, I think, with the flu on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, one of those days. And he was out. And so he was listed as gone because of the ankle and because of that sort of flu illness. Back Tiari was out with the hamstring. The two of those lads were standing by the sideline. And the guy who was meant to come in to replace at left tackle was going to be Jason Spriggs. Then he's out at hamstring. We're already three deep. You know, we're playing Kyle Murphy. Um, as left tackle when he's actually a right tackle which people go oh yeah but it's the same it's a no-brainer it's not your stance it's the opposite and you might think that doing stuff the opposite isn't that big of a deal I drove in the States that was the opposite that nearly killed me so I understand to a degree and then we had Justin McRae who's a guard or a centre make his start at right tackle and he did you know they did okay yes they gave up you know, sacks and pressures, but that's what they're expected to do. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't go off carrying an injury. So I thought the difference was going to be the O-line. But Ryan, what drives me mental is, is that we thought it was going to be the O-line. Um, but that same O-line was in. We had less offensive weapons because Jordy went out with a hamstring. And we got things rolling in the second half. And they asked Aaron Rodgers in his presser what was different. And he said we started doing some, uh, he said the tempo was why we started to do three drop stuff instead of five drops and we just got the ball out quicker now he got nailed on a play and he still tried to make the throw and ordinarily you know superman aaron Rodgers would have made the throw but i don't think he was in any right to try and make that ends up being a fumble trufant runs it back in for a fumble recovery touchdown uh he shouldn't have thrown the ball but people were saying that the offensive line did their job on that play they're meant to make that you know quick block to make him get the ball out quickly he didn't do it and that's how that happened but he started to do that in the second half. So, Ryan, what that shows me is, is that we had the tactics. We knew what to do. We had the capability to do it. But we just didn't do it in the first half and we let the game get away from us. Like, is it is it game plan or is it injuries? Because people yeah. are going to put it down to injuries. But is it also game plan? I, d- I, d- I would probably disagree with your statement just because I feel that when it comes to game plan, we keep talking about how we want to have a run game and we don't really commit to it. Mm. We keep talking about how the defence now... I mean, last week, and I was all up for it myself, the, the Nitro package, and we heard all about it. 
and this week we didn't see a great deal. And, and at first I said, well, you know, Mike Daniels is a, is a big difference up front. But can we really say that the fact that Mike Daniels went out early affected the whole defence as big as it did to be the difference from last week versus Seattle to this week versus Atlanta? I don't know. Probably not. Mm. But I feel like certainly there's no identity. Now, whether that comes into game plan, the tactic, what, whatever we want to call it, I feel the fact there's just no identity on defence, especially in the secondary. I think that's where our problems are coming from. And, and I have to say, Rollins and Randall, as much as when they're good, they look good. They're just not looking good often enough. And actually, at times, they look completely off the pace. Yeah, it just looks insane. Like, they're playing this zonal coverage and Julio Jones can do what he wants. Mohamed Sanu can do what they want. And I don't know whether it's a height differential thing, but eventually it just gets really frustrating because you can see Randles or Rollins drop back let him make the play and then go and nail him the best player according to Pro Football Focus for us last night was Kevin King yep you know, I liked that just, just start the guy start Kevin King start Devon House go back to some sort of normal setup, whether that be Bryce and um, Morgan Burnett and, or, and Ha Ha they're the guys we want on the field I think Randles and Rollins kind of keep them on the bench and let them compete to come in in substitutions and that that's how I'd be playing that team at the back there at the moment yeah and Kevin King is a guy who again had no right to have a big game because and again whatever stock people want to put into the preseason you might go oh it's only the preseason but for that's why defenses play so much more in the preseason because you know they can more play to the game that they're probably going on to play because let's face it you're a cornerback can you cover a guy in man you can do it in the preseason. you can do it in your back garden you can do it during the regular season you know you can do it in a nursing home i mean you can do it at any t- you're just seeing the skill set can you track a man if you're thrown at can you stop him from catching that ball it's that's as simple as it is you know and according to pro football focus he was the best player uh, of the team Offense and defense got the the best grade. He was thrown at four times out of thirty two snaps and didn't allow any one of those be caught. And even tipped the pass that was going for Julio Jones so that he couldn't complete the pass. But more importantly than this was is that he made, according to Pro Football Focus, quote, an immediate tackle for no gain in the flat. That's exactly what we need. Is that you know if if a tackle has to be made, you're gonna you have to nip it in the bud and, and catch them quickly. Not do what we did against the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game by let them come down with the ball and then hang off them in celebration while they run into the end zone. You know, you need to get at them quick. Now, I know that this sounds like I'm sort of I'm giving out, and I, I completely understand that it's week two. I know that we have an awful lot of injuries. The main factor for us against the Seahawks that we've discovered by the Seahawks playing the Niners and nearly losing was that A, the Seahawks are crap, and B, is that it's very important to get that upfront pass rush to put the pressure on, to cause those errant throws, to put the pressure on you know to have that pass go slightly off we've seen that happen a lot with russell wilson in person so that's what we needed here and mike daniels falling out was was a really big factor in all of this and as well as that the nitro package which you mentioned uh was incredibly successful people thought that that was the kryptonite from any teams but where that puts you at a disadvantage is is that you effectively have little teeny tiny linebackers (laughs) so if you have a big running back or running back who you know is adept at catching like we saw with freeman that's where you get caught out with that nitro package. You don't have anybody to make that big stop up front. And that's what we miss with Mike Daniels too, is to, is to plug that run, that run stop. 
So that's going to come back to bite us. But like you said, Ryan, I suppose that does come down to your point, right? Is that we don't have that identity yet. Is that do we play tough on Nitro? Uh, or do we put in some of the heavies in there to shore up the run? Yeah. And if we do, we're kind of showing our hand, are we not? Yeah, and I, I don't want to get bogged down in being too negative, and I will go into some positives because there were some there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we should put too much in this loss at this point. But no. And I think the frustration for me and probably a lot of fans is that for two or three years now, maybe even longer than that, we've been trying to figure out what our identity is on defence. We've been trying to figure out the best system to play. Every year we come up with a new a new thing whether it be this elephant backer or whether it be a nitro package or do you know I mean there's always something mm. but overall the end result is is that the defense doesn't consistently perform when we need them to and so i think that's the bit where people are getting frustrated in um now reasons to be positive are this is one of the best teams in the nfl we played against we were at their place we were in their brand new stadium they were healthy and we were injured. Okay? Mm. So let's try and remember all those things. Also, we haven't even mentioned the refs yet, and I don't want to get bogged down in it, but there were some horrible, horrible decisions in that game. Yeah. And and at times, it, it felt like the referees didn't actually understand the interpretation of the rule book, and that they were kind of clueless as to what they were calling and why they were calling it. And, and you know, depending on whether you're a Falcons fan right now or a Packers fan right now, you're going to obviously go, ah, yeah, whatever, it's even nothing. You're moaning about, you find an excuse, or it's the be-all and end-all of why we lost. But mm. there was big swings in some of those decisions, which which had a real effect on it. Yeah. Um, so there was lots of things there, but there was plenty of things to be positive about. And I do think, actually, last week against Seattle still stands for something. The things that were done there that were good have not gone, as long as we can get some of these injuries back quickly. Mm. But let's not be too bogged down in that loss because, quite frankly, we were the underdog going into it. If we had won, I think people, it would have been not so much a miracle, but we'd have had to play to the best out of our standard to win that game. And there were a hell of a lot of things going against us by the time that game kicked off. So I think we should try and focus on the positives because next week it's the Bengals. Now, that's a team that looks seriously horrible at the minute. I don't think they've, they haven't even scored a touchdown, have they? And they've already fired their offensive coordinator, if I remember that. They have, yeah. Right. Okay. And remember as well, it's the. I think it's. I'm right in saying this. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the only team in the NFL that Aaron Rodgers is still yet to beat. Really? I, I think so. That. I'm sure I've read that. Now people are probably going to tell me you, in you know whatever. I've got that one wrong, but I'm sure it's still the only team. So there's a lot of things next week. There's going to be a lot of things to obviously be driving for there. And I think as well, what you'll see is a comeback statement game next week. And the things I've got to be positive about. And I think this is my number one point, is Devontae Adams. Do you remember, was it last season or season before when people were saying this guy can't play? Two seasons ago, yeah. Two seasons ago. This guy can't play. There was there were certain people, those fans that always jumped to the absolute extremes, mm. that were saying we should cut Adams and look for something else. Right, well, Adams right now is showing that he can be this team's number one receiver. Now, I'm not saying Jordy Nelson is 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 the number two. If Jordy Nelson's fit and he's playing, he's the number one receiver. But at some point, whether it be Jordy gets injured like he did in this game, or whether Jordy gets to that point where he retires, obviously Adams is a bit younger, Adams can be that number one receiver for us. That was a positive. And, I, and that touchdown catch, that must have made you get off the edge of your seat, even at that late hour of the morning with, with how badly the game was going at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And again, he took it in his stride too. You know, an awful lot of players who'd catch a touchdown like that would be doing backflips and, you know, stripping naked and streaking. 
uh, but he took it down as if yes. to say I've done that before Devante again apparently he's been he's been saying that he's uh, getting swole and he's shed yeah. some weight and built bulked up on a bit of muscle helped his conditioning he's super Same fit he, he's a deep threat yeah just like you um yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And again, this whole, you know, number one, number two wide receiver, I think it's possible to have him and Jordy both vying for that number one status. And it's very good if you have two players, sound a bit like Donald Trump, it's fantastic, if you have two players who could fill a number one spot on the team. And they're certainly it. And again, like... Another number one for us is Randall Cobb. That guy is absolutely playing out of his skin. It's We've seen a resurgence of him. And initially, I saw Bennett make some nice blocks and he had some drop passes, which everyone's ragging Bennett over. But to be honest with you, I think Aaron Rodgers is a bit off on those. He's either expecting him to go yeah. too high or too low, depending on Marty's wingspan to be so good. I think that's what he's doing. He's, he's aiming... You know, he's throwing kind of that safety valve shot to him, the same as Drew Brees does with his tight end at times. And I think sometimes it's asking too much of Marty B, especially since some of those might be designed blocks for Marty. But what ends up happening is is that because the play breaks down, he ends up becoming the target. Yeah. Something that we saw happen in the Farvier, right, where they'd say, look, you know, and we had this when Greg Jennings was on the podcast. He'd say, I said, you know, what was the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre? And he was saying, with Favre, you always have to expect to be on the play, where with Aaron... If you're in on a, on a blocking assignment, you're just going to be doing that blocking assignment or running dummy routes or whatever. Whereas we've seen, I think that's what's happening there. Um, that will probably come out in time. Yeah. I think there were some of them, though. Some of them look pretty good into the hands. Some of them look pretty good into the numbers. Uh, I forget forget the penalty that was called against him because it was, it was a bullshit call. But I think some of the drop catches, I think, were bad drops. And at times last night, he looked like, a, oh, what was his name? Ben Watson that they called stone hands up at the Patriots um, rather than Martellus Bennett. So I think I he think needs to improve run. there. I don't know what it was last night. I mean, he, he was getting a lot of pressure. There was guys around him. They exactly, weren't yeah. straightforward catches. But at the end of the day, you've put money into this guy. He's got to make a few of those. Yeah, of course. And I think any other night that he probably would have. But at the same time, I don't yeah. think any of them were particularly gimme plays because I saw some of them, the, the velocity in the ball was high and it was always a Falcon's hand in there. And, you know, you play the game and you know the the importance of even a finger to slightly tip that ball to how you don't believe that that's going to come to you and how much that can sort of throw you off. Um, yeah. But, you know, Marty B, his blocking is a definite positive. The resurgence of Randall Cobb, because this is my point, I think, originally was, is that I saw him do all these things but not be the same as Jared Cook, which to some people is a good thing. But there was the Jared Cook you know effect where he dragged two defenders with him he'd pull coverages a certain way and open up space and i think that's happening to a degree here as well and randall cobb who i certainly expected to because he's he's a slot receiver we have Devonte and jordy i expected him to drop but we see him making plays on the outside as well in the slot making some yards after the catch you know just doing an absolutely fantastic job such an unstoppable weapon at times there was times last night where he just seemed to pick up nine yard chunks every time he got the ball and then there was that play that he ran to the halfway line uh, the 50 yard hash for all the americans um and it was called back then for the penalty and then on the one after that then he was called for offside i believe um so he kind mm-hmm. of shot himself in the foot then as well so he's a sure. massive positive to come out of it and that up-tempo offense that the packers were playing is absolutely unstoppable and i believe that we'll see probably more of that being experimented on with the bengals because the bengals will be a nice 
uh, team to go up against in that regard because the Bengals are the first team since the 1939 Philadelphia Eagles to open the season without a touchdown in their first two home games. So they're absolute tragic. Uh, they, As you said, they fired Ken Sampisi. They've got a nice. guy in there, Bill Lazor. And the last time Great he's co- coordinated anything was in... Yeah, no, right? Uh, it's usually what we expect from Aaron Rodgers to put those laser passes in. Was um, he? So he was a coordinator for the Miami Dolphins in 2014 and 15. And then he went off to South Beach. And he also worked with Chip Kelly. So he's obviously going to try some sort of, you know, some mad stuff if, he, if he's in with Chip Kelly. So the Bengals would be a good little guinea pig for people to get healthy. Not that anyone can go into a game and expect to win. But... It's going to be like this, I believe, is that the first game we did well. We realized that the Seahawks were poor. Kind of like last season where we faced the Jags. We saw them as the up-and-coming new young team and then realized they were a bit crap. And that our results against them and our run stopping wasn't that good because we were up against second and third stringers. So, great first game. Bad second game. We can put that down to injuries and the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, people are going to say that Atlanta are one of the better teams in the division or maybe the NFL in general. And then the third game, we're going to come back with a bit of a bang. We'll get good defensive pressure. They're not going to get anything going on offense. We're going to have a good game. And then it's ve- isn't it very hard sure. to assess a team, though, Ryan, when they yo-yo like that? And the, Because, they, you know, it'd be different if they were playing the Falcons every week and you could go like for like. But we have different teams and different strengths. So it's a weak team, strong team, weak team. And it's hard to know where our strengths and weaknesses probably truly lie. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't think we're at that point yet for, for this team. Um, our strengths and weaknesses right now probably lay in our medical staff and getting certain players back on the field for next week. Mm. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest key. If we go out there with the O-line still in the same shape, whilst they did an OK job at times last night, there was still pressure on Rodgers, which made a difference. So we could do get some of those guys back. Mike Daniels is a, is a big one. Obviously, Jordy Nelson, if there's any, you know, Obviously, we want him on the field. But as I said, I think Adams has stepped up. I think a number, of, a, a number of the other players have stepped up. We're quite deep at receivers, so we could probably deal with that one better. So certainly, I think uh, Mike Daniels and the O-line guys, we need to get back to, to really see see the best of the Green Bay Packers again. Yeah, and as you said, the offense is an absolute juggernaut still. I've, I've no doubt that we're going to correct that shit because at tight end, we're stacked. Marty pulls in a few of those passes. And we're mm. rolling. Ty Montgomery looked like an absolute matchup nightmare uh, for the Atlanta Rogers Falcons. Showed up last night. He did, yeah. And I mean, the, the guy, for whatever people say about him, he's good hands, he's consistent. And we saw him at the sideline against the Seahawks practicing tight end drills, he's blocking a big drills. Dude. He's a unit, you know. And again, it's like when um, you see Kyle Rudolph, and I met that dude in person. That guy's just a giant human being. Everything about him's big. Um, and I think that's the same with Richard Rogers and Martellus Bennett is the biggest boy in the playground so I think offense is fine we just need to get a rolling on defense and I think you know and I've been reading articles online by uh, Doherty and the boys saying you know we need to do, we need to rely on our rookies now get King more playing time get Josh Jones in there and put him in at linebacker to get that mm-hmm. speed don't be playing him at safety uh, put him in at linebacker you know use him in that nitro package because that's why we upgraded to tall and fast is because we wanted tall fast and fierce you know that that's what we need to do and I think the best time to do that is against the Bengals we did it last year with the Texans when we were trying to run those uh, you know crazy routes with Jeff Janis and he ended up running in a touchdown I think the following game and we called that on the Twitter account to say that looks like a practice play so I think we'll have some practice plays against the Bengals we hopefully be able to rest some people and get them healthy but this is not all naysaying. We're, as you said, we're up against a great team. I just think we need to sort it out on defense, get our pass rush back again. And Clay Matthews actually graded out as uh, one of the best players for us as well. 
um, you know he was the fourth best player by grade overall in pro football focus so that's mm-hmm. a good thing isn't that right I mean the top three players for us were actually defensive players Kevin King Morgan Burnett uh, and Clay Matthews with Lane Taylor yeah. and Randall Cobb filling it out on offence certainly Morgan Burnett is becoming a stud on that defence now somebody you just can't miss yeah. um, Kevin King is nice to see him because I think we certainly need help there so the quicker he can get up to speed great mm. and Clay Matthews obviously a lot of us are expecting a sort of re-emergence of, yeah. of Clay Matthews or not so much expecting it but kind of willing it to happen because mm. he's been a little down on previous seasons but last night certainly showed that he's still got it in the tank and so a uh, long way that continue yeah and we're stacked at the likes of safety and I think that that's why they're using Morgan Burnett as linebacker he lined up uh, out of the 58 snaps lined up 53 times against Atlanta according to Pro Football Focus here um, two catches for a combined 12 yards on three targets breaking up the third one um, you know great stats great covers then again from my fave Pro Football Focus so final ending thoughts then on this game Ryan is it time to, to, to stop the fire <laughs> capers uh chat yeah, you know is it time to calm down essentially you might as well calm down because it's not going to happen he'll leave when the team are ready for him to leave either he goes of his own accord or his contract runs out so let's stop wasting our energy on that um, and just try and get behind the team um, yeah. so it's the only way it's going to happen is everybody pulls together including the fans so um, the I guess the parting thought I've got for you on this one is not about this week's game because I'm already looking ahead it's already Bengals week for me uh, Ty Montgomery will get 128 combined yards and two touchdowns. You see, you sound like you've got inside knowledge here. It sounds like that you've gone in time, forward in time in a time machine. I'm just going for it, so let's see what happens. Right. 128 and two. Yeah, well, my parting thoughts on the game would be uh, not <laughs> not to freak out. Uh, you know, bad defensive game. I think it affects us over here a lot more because we stayed up late to watch it and we had that type of performance our first play of the game on special teams was dynamite and we put out like oh start how you mean to continue and we got down there and drilled them uh, and then it all sort of you know fell apart a little bit we were in the game apart from bad referee decisions um, but again you know you can't look at these official decisions because when we look back at that Seahawks game which wasn't really evident to us when we were in the press box to a degree because we can't hear the commentary part of it is that you know some of those calls went for us against the Seahawks they went against us with the Falcons so we can't really crib and moan too much about that but the one thing that I learned this week was is I really fully understood what a week is I used to think a week was you know seven days I thought that that's the definition a week in fact is actually the time it takes for a Packer fan to go from capers as a genius to fire capers that's what that means to me now and that's how I'll always quantify it you know that's my theory of relativity so I think we should cool down you know we see capers trying some stuff with this nitro package let's see how that pans out let's see what it's like when our offense puts up some serious points and lets our defense let loose and really play and again we're going to see the emergence of Josh Jones and Kevin King as the season rolls on so that's uh, by sort of pre-becoming a daddy for the second time podcast more than likely uh, by the time I speak to you all I will probably have a, a second little baba and I'm going to have to try to keep them off the mic to you know not have to edit out some more stuff we've got through this in pretty much one take uh, you know maybe one or two little small edits um, that wasn't too bad Ron I wasn't well, I think we did okay yeah. and we managed to keep it fairly positive I think yeah, we did. there's nothing that can't be fixed 
No, especially after week two. <laughs> Just remember that. Long, long season to go. Not long <laughs> enough for most of us fans, but long enough. So look, from myself, at NFL on Twitter, from the group, at UK Packers, follow at Ryan Peacock NFL, me old buddy, me old pal. And we'll be back with you, as usual, on Thursday night into Friday morning, and we'll be doing a preview properly of the Bengals game. And let's see if Ryan changes his opinion on Ty Montgomery. Nice. Nice.